Justice, Demand Judd, the injury, accident, professionals, first class service, Judd gets it done, maximum compensation's our goal, see JuddShawInjuryLaw.com, Demand Judd Shaw, Injury Law, 732 Welcome to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. And now, here's your host, Greg Giambarisi. Hi, everybody. I'm Greg Giambarisi. Welcome to episode 57 of Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Hook, Line, and Splitter is presented by Judge Shaw Injury Law. We understand the toll injuries take on families, and we're here to help. For a free consultation, call 1-866-909-6894. That's 1-866-909-6894. Or visit JuddShawInjuryLaw.com. That's Judd with two Ds. JuddShawInjuryLaw.com. So we did on episode 56 last week, part one of our interview with the new manager of the Jersey Shore Blue Claws, that being Greg Brodzinski, 31-year-old, out of Bishop Eustis High School, not that far from here, about an hour and a half, right outside of Philadelphia. And we'll do part two uh, coming up in just a little while. He was outstanding, I thought. I think this part um, is even better. You know, we talk about some of the influences um, that's he, that he's had uh, in this part. I believe we also touched, you know, we talk about Rob Thompson, who he spent some time with when he was with the Phillies staff uh, in 2020 and 2021 before he went to Lehigh Valley last year. Uh, we talk about how he got his name. That'll come at the end. You guys will get a big kick out of that. So I'm recording this piece here, February 15th. It's 66 degrees. I'm here at First Energy Park on the luxury suite level in the Blue Wave Bar. The doors are wide open. The birds are chirping. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And we have to bottle that up uh, for opening night on April 11th. We have had, uh, and I've been here for a while, uh, as you may know, but we've had some real doozies uh, of opening night over the years, one of which uh, the coldest one was probably 2007. It was 34 degrees at first pitch, snow flurries. Blue Claws gave up nine runs in the first inning, and by the second inning, there were about six people left in the stadium outside the players, coaches, and umpires. Uh, And I was one of the six, and Kevin Williams, who I was broadcasting that night's game with, uh, now Town Square Media, he was uh, one of the six as well. (laughs) Yeah, that one. Uh, There was one year, I think it was 2015, Sean Williams was the manager, and Carlos Tochi had the game winning hit in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, that night, and I think uh, more pe- more people were happy that they could go home than uh, were happy that the Blue Claws won that game. It was so cold. So we just got to bottle this up uh, for April 11th there. Uh, that'll be very exciting. Blue Claws and Greensboro to kick off 2023 here in Shorttown. That'll be the fourth game of the season. Blue Claws will be in Brooklyn for three games beginning on Friday, April the 7th uh, as well. So a lot to look forward to coming up over the ensuing couple of weeks. And we still have more with the manager of the Jersey Shore Blue Claws, the first-year skipper, and that's Greg Brodzinski. So let's get to that coming up uh, right after this. We'll let you know that since 1986, Rich Green Lawns has been the leading lawn fertilization company in the Jersey Shore, providing lawn fertilization, bed weed control, tick and mosquito control, as well as tree and shrub programs. Mention this ad and save 50% off your first lawn application 
Call or text us today at 732-370-5963. 732-370-5963. The skipper, the manager of the Jersey Shore Blue Claws, is Greg Brodzinski. How do you envision now that you you know you're going to be calling things out uh, managerial style? Do you want to run? Nobody bunts anymore, so I'm not going to say that. But you know, you could you want to run, push the pace a little bit. How do you kind of envision a managerial style? So I think I, I look at that question in a couple ways. Um, you know, first of all, like in terms of you know the personality who who I am. You know, I I think um, servant servant leadership is something that I really you know take pride in, and, and being someone that um, takes care of those around me. So, you know, first and foremost, making sure that my staff, um, which is a great staff, by the way, I think, I think, you know, a few of them, but, um, the Phillies are really, I know one of them. Yeah. One of them? Okay. I'm looking forward to meeting. I, I know tank, but I'm looking forward to meeting everybody. Yeah. yeah Watch, I, mean, I don't know. Brock, uh, Brock, right. You know, staff. Yeah, yeah. But he, uh, it's been a while. I haven't, I haven't seen him and he was here in 2012. Right. Going right. back. Right. Yeah. 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 So going with that. So obviously just making sure that everybody, you know, in the building staff and, and players, they, you know, whatever I can do on a daily basis to make their lives easier and, and help, help them um, have the ability to do their job properly. Like that's number one, obviously develop the players and everything you do just comes from a place of care, right? As long as those guys understand that and that, you know, we're there, I'm there, you know, to get the best out of them, to give them every opportunity to make it to the major leagues and that everything that we do um, and that I'm doing is for them, then I think that I'm doing my job. You know, whether that's staff or players, I think um, obviously getting the most out of them is is our goal. And so um, creating an environment in that clubhouse where they feel comfortable, um, they can come in and be themselves. They can come in um, knowing that, that there's expectations, you know, I think that there's going to be like, we're all, I am going to demand a level of professionalism, discipline. Um, you know, they're going to know that what the, the Phillies way is and what our standard is. So, you know, on a daily basis, are you holding that standard high? Because that's important because you're representing the Phillies on and off the field. Um, and if you're doing that, you're being a professional and you understand the accountability aspect that we'll have as a staff for the players, then, you know, they're going to do their jobs properly. They're going to get better. And, um, you know, they're going to know, I think, every day the expectation that we have and that I have um, as a manager to, you know, uphold that Philly standard to the highest every single day. I know, you know, Tank has been in the system for a few mm -hmm. years. And Brock, um, do you, did you know Phil Kandari before – your now appointment together? I didn't. I, so I did not. Um, I, I had heard, you know, once we hired him a lot about him and he's a Jersey guy, he, yeah. once we connected and talked on the phone, um, he's pretty sure that he had at some point come to watch a Bishop Eustis game that I was playing in possibly <laughs> recruit. I mean, that makes sense. Yes, it does. He was at um, Seton Hall at the time. Seton Hall, yep, yeah. the whole time I was in high school. So, um, you know, really excited about Phil and the experience that he brings with, you know, the 19 years in college ball and then the previous three with the Blue Jays, um, because that's, you know, one thing, you know, as as a young manager is, is handling a pitching staff. And I think having him by my side is going to be really helpful in terms of how, how we're going to do that. I'm not going to ask you to go in depth on any, on anything or even talk about any players specifically, but have you done any preliminary work on, mm. you know, they're probably – 
if I get if I let you write down 60 names, you could probably name the 30 guys. The 30 guys that will be here on April 7th will probably be in that group of 60. Have you done kind of preliminary work on them, knowing that you know you had spent the, the last year at, at the AAA level and, and you have kind of come into contact with them um, that way? Yeah, so um, yeah, I think this kind of goes back to the second part of the last question you asked is like in terms of, you know, the type of play managerial wise. And I think a lot of like your team kind of lets you know, you know, what you're going to do in terms of game play, in terms of running. Like, do we have speed? Do we have guys that can run? Do we have guys that can move the ball around the field, hit and run? Uh, I think, you know, your player and the type of team you have, um, you know, that's kind of dictated by the personnel. And in terms of the question you just asked, uh, absolutely. So obviously, you know, there's a lot of time between now and, and opening day and, and rosters aren't set. But um, in October, we had a high performance camp for about two or three weeks. It was a, a good collection of, you know, some of our younger prospects and and players in the organization. And then we just had one, you know, at the beginning of January for three weeks with, you know, a little bit larger group of those guys. So I've gotten to be around um, a good amount of our, our younger talent, our younger guys. And, um, you know, you kind of get some ideas of who might be, you know, in that, in that group of guys that you're talking about. And so I, I dive into a lot of video, you know, I talk to other staff members that have had him in the past, say, give me, give me a little bit on this guy, kind of, you know, what is he, what is he like in the clubhouse? What's he like in the dugout? What kind of player is he? So relying on, on the staff around that have been around the player, seeing them um, is great. And then, um, you know, I think spring training tells you a lot, you know, you get your eyes on them and, and you can see and kind of um, formulate your own evaluation of a guy. Um, so it's kind of a mixture of everything. It's been a lot of fun. I think it's been great because I was uh, away from a lot of these guys for a few years to get, get back around them, see them. You know, there were some guys that I hadn't seen in a couple of years that are look all grown up, you know, in just that few years time, they're high school draft guys. And now, you know, they're, you know, big, strong and, and, and ready to get to the next level. So being around them, talking to other staff members, watching video, and then obviously getting some eyes on them in spring training um, will give, give a really good feel for me of, of the players that we got. Well, you're going to wear Marty Malloy's number two. Oh, it's really? Not, it's, num- it's not Marty's number two. Wow. It's I did not two, know that. I which Marty wore uh, <laughs> here in 2017 and 18. And yep. Marty managed in, and still manages in Clearwater, but managed last year in Clearwater a number of the guys that will be here. So you will be, I'm sure you'll be, if you haven't already, I'm sure you have, uh, talking to Marty about that. And now you can give him, you can tell him that you took his number. That'll be great. I'll tell him I'm wearing it for him. So. <laughs> One more thing on our on our players that I wanted to touch on that you kind of asked and being around him more and what I've seen is um, – we have a really good player development system and we have, we have a lot of talent, especially in, in the younger group and the new drafts and guys that have just been coming in the last couple of years uh, that, that are ready to kind of take that next step. So it's been really fun to see that and see these guys develop and, and start to mature. And um, I'm really excited about, you know, the future of our player development system, because I don't think we get a lot of credit for how much talent we actually have in the system. So you came in, um, before Preston Mattingly did this will be Preston's second year in the system obviously you've hit it off and he's given you this opportunity this year how did you guys hit it off uh and and what do you like most about working for Preston Mattingly so just you know from the start when he came in I think he did a really good job of getting to know um the system and the people within the system and 
he's a very approachable guy that um, you can have conversations with. And, you know, he didn't come in with, with a heavy fist or, or a big chest out and um, really made himself available to, to the entire staff and to the people, um, you know, that were already within the organization when he got here and he got to know him. And, um, you know, obviously I was one of those people and, and it was really kind of easy from the start because he was, you know, easy to talk to a great baseball man, a person that you want to talk the game with and you, you know, and everything that he talks about, he's very informed. He takes his time and understanding who the people around him are and who was already here and the kind of jobs he talked to, you know, the right people, obviously about the, the staff members and coaches in our organization um, that are obviously still here that do a really good job. And um, that's, that says a lot about him to um, kind of take a step back at first and, and see the the whole picture of what was going on. And then, you know, now he can put his, his own twist on it, which he's done a great job of um, throughout the last year and a half and going into this next year. You grew up just across the river there from Citizens Bank Park. And you said you, your family had a season ticket plan or a mini plan there for a number of years. Who were some of the players that you like to watch um, growing up? I have a guess as to one. Phillies or in well, yeah, so, yeah so, we'll start with the Phillies or baseball in general. All right, so I'll start with the Phillies. So I was a huge Carlos Ruiz fan. Being that was my guess. You're yeah, being a catcher, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, quick story. So I get drafted. Carlos was still here. Um, they brought some of us over that first spring training early. They brought us down like this time of year to help out because there's a bunch of guys throwing, and yeah. um, I got to come do that. And, and he took us out to to dinner at the end of it. And um, you know, I'm sitting next to Carlos Ruiz at dinner, and that he's paying for. And just talking, you know, just like he's another baseball player. And and so that was a really special moment. But I grew up, you know, big Carlos Ruiz fan, um, huge fan of Chase Utley because how he played the game, right? I think a lot of people are, but getting to watch him on a day-to-day basis and the way he posted up, he had a lot of grit. He played the game the right way. He played the game hard. Um, he he was someone who I emulated in terms of like the gameplay aspect and and how he went about that. Um uh other like obviously Roy Halladay because <laughs> you know he was in like pretty much the ultimate competitor when it came to on the mound you know growing up watching different guys and obviously he played for a couple different teams but you know when he took the mound and you see it nowadays with guys like you know Nola and Wheeler Scherzer Verlander that you know there's it's a different level of killer instinct and um focus that go into like what he would do and like watching him work and you know it was like wow um Pretty amazing. So I was a huge, and then hitting wise, I tried to emulate Manny Ramirez. Um, <laughs> pretty good hitter. Yeah, yeah. I always love watching Manny hit. Uh, so I was a huge Manny Ramirez fan. A lot of his swing, I tried to recreate in mine. Um, so that was fun. And then the time that my family spent in Pittsburgh when I was younger, uh, huge Roberto Clemente fans, just as a family. That's and then, cool. so, like, yeah, so like coming up and and getting a chance to, you know, kind of see through my dad. And eventually as I got older and really watching some footage of him play, like um, what he was able to do on a baseball field was, was really amazing in terms of athleticism, you know, how good of a player he was, the arm. Um, So I was a big Roberto Clemente fan. I actually uh, wore 21 um, a lot throughout my career. And I know we talked about your father at the beginning. He was influenced by, you know, you've influenced by him. He was influenced by the world champion 1980 Phillies. Tell us how you got your name. 
<laughs> so yes. And I promise, you know, my parents aren't crazy, but um, <laughs> we have four boys in our, in our family and we're all named after 1980 Phillies. Um, they're also all biblical names. So my mom likes to go with, with that version. Okay. Um, they are, they were in, after the 1980 Phillies. And um, so I'll just go down the list. My oldest brother's Mike for Mike Schmidt, Steve for Steve Carlton. It's the second oldest. Um, my third brother's Pete for Pete Rose. And then I'm um, Greg for Greg Luzinski. And, uh, and people so, call you. Yeah, so I, and then Bull. Yeah. So then obviously the nickname Bull came about once, you know, I came, came to the Phillies and um, Ernie Wood kind of started calling me that when he was here as our catching coordinator and um, it kind of caught on. And so, it's pretty much bull all around when you're around the complex in the field. So I'm sure you'll hear that some of that um, at the stadium this year. Have you gotten to meet Greg Lozinski? I have. I met him when I was young, you know, cause he was at the ballpark. He had bulls barbecue. And then, you know, now once I got here, I'm like this older guy and I'm like, Hey, like I met you when I was a little kid, <laughs> but it's really nice to meet you again. You know, he meets a million people. Um, so I have gotten to meet him and, and that's, you know, another thing I think the Phillies do really well is, you know, alumni and former players are always around. Absolutely. And, um, the, the, the culture and, and the camaraderie of, of the Phillies families is very, is large, you know, and people, you know, come in and out of Florida when we're down here, they, I'm sure you'll see in Jersey, we'll have Larry Boa and Charlie Manuel come through the games and sure. a couple of times know, a year. Yeah. So, um, that's been, it's really cool. I mean, how everything's worked out, it's really been a dream come true. And, um, you know, my love for the Phillies and this organization is very strong and I'm, I'm, you know, very proud to represent them every day. It's pretty crazy because, you know, you get, you got drafted by them. So you didn't pick them. They picked you. Right. And anybody could have done it. Like, did you think going when the year you got drafted in, in 2015, as you're going through the pre-draft process, mm-hmm. Had you talked to the Phillies, did you think it might be them? I mean, it could have been anybody. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it even more special is that, you know, I tried five times to get drafted, whether it was high school or after your junior year or your senior year, you know. Um, and it finally works out, and it was, it's with, you know, the team that you grew up loving. Um, it was amazing. I didn't, you know, you don't expect to get drafted. It's hard to get drafted, you know, yeah, and just in, in any in any sport. Um and you just hope, you know, a team takes a chance on you. And um, I was really, really happy that it was the Phillies. Well, I don't want to keep you forever, but we'll do this again, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for a few minutes. I know you're down in uh, in Florida. Have a great spring training. We'll talk uh, as we go, and we'll do another one of these, uh, I guess, probably before, uh, before the season starts. So April 7th in Brooklyn, April 11th uh, here in Lakewood. Have a great spring, and wow. thanks so much. Oh, thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. Anytime. And you got to tell all the uh, tell all the ex Blue Claw folks around the staff that we all said hello from up here. Oh, absolutely. I'll let them know. Lightstar Energy Group is a leading energy brokerage firm headquartered in New Jersey. Our goal is to provide clients with premium energy management services to lower electricity and natural gas costs, and to provide a long term energy management strategy. We pride ourselves on bringing each and every individual business the same benefits of deregulation enjoyed by universities, municipalities, and all high-volume energy users. Tailored products and contracts, lower cost, personal attention, and outstanding service. Call 732-722-5880 to learn more about LightStar Energy Group today. 
episode 57, Hook, Line, and Splitter, presented by Judge Shaw, Injury Law. I'm Greg Jambarisi. So thanks to Greg Brodzinski, the Blue Claws manager, for joining us. Uh, he was awesome. We're going to do another one of these uh, at some point before the season starts, probably that, that first week of April uh, from when they announced the roster, which will probably be on you know the second, third, fourth, whatever. And then the first game of the season is on the 7th in Brooklyn. So we'll have Greg back on and we'll talk about uh, his baseball journey a little bit, but mostly now about the team, which uh, which will be set by that point. Over the ensuing couple of weeks, we'll kind of go through some of the guys that, that could be here uh, along the road to the shore. It's tough, but it's doable, and we'll, uh, and we'll give a shot uh, about that. Phil Kandari is the Blue Cross pitching coach. Uh, he came up in our interview with Greg Brodzinski as well. Uh, he's from Cliffside Park up in Bergen County and was an All-American pitcher at Seton Hall, pitched in the A system for a couple of years, was a professional psychotherapist before becoming the Seton Hall pitching coach, which he did for 18 years, two years at Rutgers, and then three years in the Blue Jay system. First year in the Phillies this year, he'll be the Blue Claws pitching coach. And then you remember, of course, Brock Stassi, who was a Blue Claw in 2000 and uh, 2012. He played for the Blue Claws, 59, uh, 59 games played there, three homers, drove in 30. So Brock will be here as the hitting coach his first year in the system after coaching in an NAIA school last year. And then the bench coach will be Chris Adamson, who you know Tank was the manager of the Blue Claws in 2021 and spent last year as the manager of the Florida Complex Phillies down in Florida, the younger guys. So he'll come up here as the bench coach. And then Brady Lale, who pitched in the Yankees organization for a while, made the big leagues with them and pitched the big leagues with the Yankees, the White Sox, and the Mariners. Pitched for Lehigh Valley a little bit in 2021. He'll be the pitching development coach uh, as well. So there's your coaching staff announced for 2023. Spring training is underway. Uh, I'll give you a quick run through. Who are the former Blue Claws in camp with the Phillies? It's a good list. Alphabetically, you have, I'll do the pitchers first. Mick Abel was here in 2022. Andrew Baker was here in 2022. They're both non-roster invitees. Connor Brogdon, 2018. Sir Anthony Dominguez, 2016. Bailey Falter, 2017. James MacArthur, 2018. Griff McGarry's a non-roster guy. He was here last year, 2022. Francisco Morales, 2019. Andrew Painter, 2022. Those three are non-roster invites. Ranger Suarez, 2017. And then another non-roster invite, Billy Sullivan, who is here in 2021. Catchers, there are two. Vito Frischia was here in 2021. He's a non-roster invite. And Rafael Marchand. Infielders, you have Alec Bohm, who was here in 2019. Derek Hall, 2017. Reese Hoskins, 2015. And Bryson Stott in 2021. And then listed as outfielders, Dalton Guthrie. Uh, was here in 2018. Scott Kingery was here in 2015. Uh, they are listed as outfielders. They played infield when they were here, and they can both play, of course, in the infield now. Simone Muziati was here in 2018. Jalen Ortiz, two years, 2018 and 2021. And Johan Rojas was here in 2021. There's also a number of blue claws. We're not going to do that here, but there were a, a number of blue claws that spent um, time in the – or that, sorry, that will be spending time in the World Baseball Classic. That'll start in March. So when we get close to that, we'll maybe do an episode on that or uh, try to get, I don't know who we could get, but we'll try to get someone on to talk uh, WBC. That'll be pretty cool. And uh, I think that'll be fun. Mark DeRosa is going to manage the U.S. 
Bryce Harper was going to play, but obviously he had to have uh, the surgery on his elbow, so he won't be playing. Phillies have a few guys headed out. Um, there are a number of former Blue Clads, guys that I hadn't really thought of in a, in a number of years. Uh, remember Severino Gonzalez came up and struck a bunch of guys out in 2013 or 14 with the Blue Claws. They had they put up the seven meter on the scoreboard every time he struck a guy out. He He's still going. He's pitching for Panama. Tyler Viza, awesome kid, was here in 2017 and 18, or maybe even before that, um, 15 and 16, with Sean, I think. Uh, he's playing for England and a, and a number of other guys. Nick Fanny is pl- pitching for Team Italy as well. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun, and that'll start with pool play in March. And then the other thing I wanted to note was congratulations to the Adelaide Giants of – the Australian Baseball League, Chris Adamson's the manager there, and they won the 2022-23 Australian Baseball League title. It took them three games, but they won the best of three, beat Melbourne for the title uh, last week in Adelaide. Rickson Wingrove, who was here in 2022, along with Jared Carr, they were, uh, and Anthony Query on those three, all 2022 Blue Claws, all key players on the Adelaide team. If you want a taste of Aussie baseball down there. You can go back and listen to our episode with uh, Jared Carr that we taped a couple of weeks ago. So that's going to do it for us here on episode 57 of Hook, Line, and Split, a Jersey Shore Blue Clash podcast presented by Judge Shaw Injury Law. Judge Shaw Injury Law understands the toll injuries take on families, and they're here to help. For a free consultation, call one 909 6894. Visit com. That's Judd with two Ds. ShawInjuryLaw.com. And then I guess one other thing, just keep an eye, BlueClaws.com. Some of the promotions and theme nights set for 2023 beginning to uh, be released, and you'll definitely want to be a part of those. Single-game tickets will go on sale at some point in the first week of March, so keep an eye out uh, for the exact information on that. So, BlueClaws.com, your spot. Membership plans are available, too. Tickets to five of the best games of the year. Plus, you get a hot dog, soda, novelty, ice cream at each game and two boardwalk game tickets at each game as well. For more on BlueClaws membership plans, visit BlueClaws.com slash memberships or call 732-901-7000, option three. 732-901-7000, option three. And tell them that hook, line, and splitter sent you next week we'll get another one up and we're getting closer and closer so it'll be a lot of fun uh stay tuned for a lot of uh, blue cloth announcements over the next couple of weeks and again opening night april 11th market calendars to see you there i'm greg jamborisi have a great day see you soon thanks to our guest greg brodzinski the manager of the jersey shore blue cloth have a wonderful day everybody talk to you soon thanks for listening to hook line and splitter a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast.